This is your Wednesday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Hope everybody's having a great day today. We got plenty to talk about today as well. Chip Scoggins will be on the show, Star Tribune columnist, in just a little bit. He's got a new kind of weekly column feature called Football Across Minnesota, FAM, if you will. Uh, The debut of that was just a day or two ago. Really good stuff from Chip there. So I wanted to talk to him about the idea for that. The content in the first one, including some stuff about the Gophers, the Vikings, and a little high school football. So uh, Chip and I are going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Got a couple big games coming up. Uh, Minnesota United against Sporting KC. And um, the uh, Minnesota Lynx uh, finishing up their season here pretty soon. Playoffs start next week. Want to get to uh, some of that as well. Um, It's kind of show you kind of how important these games are down the stretch for both of those teams. And I want to get to a tweet from uh, Timberwolf center, Carl Anthony Towns about the COVID vaccine. We've talked a lot about vaccine hesitancy in this market among certain teams. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns in the far different camp when it comes to get the vaccine. But first, what did I miss? I want to start with the twins because there's an interesting doubleheader against Cleveland. It's uh, I think it was the, you know, sixth inning, Twins, uh, Twins tied one-one against uh, Cleveland in, in Game One of of a doubleheader, and uh, Joe Ryan's pitching, pitching pretty well, gets hit in the pitching hand with a line drive, and goes to pick up the ball, can't pick it up, just kind of basically goes straight off the field, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, this is like you know worst case scenario, you know, few things on that, you know, basically. One, you know, they just got this guy from Tampa Bay. He's like one of the only reasons you're even remotely interested in watching this team right now, uh, at least for me, right? Like I, I the, they're playing out the string. They've got uh, what they're 64 and 82 right now. In case you harbored any illusions about anything uh, down the stretch here, I think they were officially eliminated from the playoffs uh, just a game or two ago. They cannot finish above 500. They can't lose a hundred games now, uh, but they'll need to go like nine and seven just to avoid uh, losing ninety games uh, down down the stretch here in their final sixteen. So, you know, just a season that you know, like we've talked about so many times, the season's going nowhere. But Joe Ryan has been a reason to watch, right? He was pretty good in his debut, except for one one inning. Second start was lights out, great. Seven innings, um, no runs. He he had a perfect game going through six innings, six and a third innings. And then he pitches well again the other day. Five innings, I think one run, just a few hits, good strikeout totals. Then he gets hit with this line drive, and you're like, oh, man, is his season over? Did something, was this a catastrophic injury that could, you know, that that could change the, the course of his career? And, you know, you're thinking that because, A, you know, it looked bad. He ran right off the field. You know, he seemed like it was really serious. And, B, anytime something good has happened to the Twins this season, it seems like it's immediately been followed by something bad. Think about Byron Buxton as the prime example of that, with you know just getting injured over and over again when they need him. Um, and anytime they get any momentum going this season, it goes the other way. Well, turns out maybe he was overreacting a little bit because after the after the game, he said he was fine, and he did explain his uh, his his reaction. Here's Joe Ryan, Twins pitching prospect, their rookie who had pitched quite well kind of talking about the frustration and how he handled that situation after getting hit it with the line drive. I'm fine. I 
I don't know. I, I should have handled that a little better. I got hit in the wrist and was definitely a little shocked. I went to go pick it up with my right hand, and it, I like it didn't go as smoothly as I wanted it to. So I was kind of like, "All right, probably not going to pitch anymore today. So I should probably go inside." And that's the first time really anything on the field's happened to me. So I didn't really know the protocol. And I should I should should have handled that a little bit more professionally. Um, probably shouldn't have thrown my glove with my left hand. But, um, yeah, I think that sets a bad example and I uh, should have been a little bit more professional about that. And that just on me, but, uh, yeah, not, a little out of character. That's the only thing I'm really upset about. I think we've seen and heard enough to know that Joe Ryan is a bit of a character, and that's going to be kind of fun over the years to, uh, to to see how that develops, see how his personality develops. But, uh you know, I I don't really care how he how he handled that the other day. I'm, I'm you know it's it's fine that he apologized for it. If you're a Twins fan, you're just glad that he's you know sounds like he's okay. He had it pretty well wrapped up in his post game news conference, but you know teams are generally cautious about that. We'll see if he's able to make his next start. Only you know a couple little over a couple weeks left in the season. See if he's able to pitch again this year. But at least it sounds like it wasn't something where it's going to require some kind of off-season, you know, rehab, recovery, things like that. So the Twins at least, you know, dodged that, even if Joe Ryan couldn't dodge a line drive. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. Happy to be joined on Daily Delivery today by Chip Scoggins. Does a lot of good work at the Star Tribune. But Chip, you just started a new football kind of column this year. And I want to talk talk to you about that a little bit because the debut of it was this week, went online, I think Monday night. And quite popular, the first one was um, football across Minnesota, high school, college, pro, um, maybe even beyond that. I don't know. Who knows? Wherever they're playing football, you will be covering it this fall for that column. Tell me about the idea and the the first one, okay? Yeah, it was uh, – I wish I could claim the idea, but it was actually our bosses, Chris Carr, the sports editor of Star Tribune. And he was just – you know, we're always trying to, I think, try new things, different things. Um, and so he had this idea that, you know, since I've been here, this is almost 22 years now at the Star Tribune, I've been the high school football beat writer, gopher football beat writer, Vikings beat writer. And so I've, and I still feel like I'm plugged in reasonably on all three. And I, and I like to, you know, I love to write about high school football and obviously I'm, I'm around the gophers and Vikings a lot. And so he was just kind of, throughout the ideas, like, is there a way to kind of bring all those together together in one way, shape or form? So we, we just kind of brainstormed and we thought, you know, let's just do a football column with just kind of open-ended little bit of a blank slate and just kind of riff on all things, Minnesota football. And so we came up with kind of standard things that will be there every week, game balls, uh, by the numbers, things that, you know, um, what we call furniture, but then also just a chance to have opinions, have features, have um, trends, just anything that kind of uh, catches my eye or is on my on my mind that week. And 
so it's, it's yeah it, I, it just kind of started to take shape and, and we we thought well let's let's do it every monday and have it to where it we publish it online um around the start of monday night football i think a lot of people are on twitter typically for monday night football there's you know there's a lot of social media traffic at that time of, of the week and so um and, and that way it gives you know you have friday night perhaps saturday uh, gophers and sunday vikings and it's kind of a wrap up of what what happened this weekend in Minnesota sports. And, and, and not only just uh, when I say Gophers, we have all the colleges here, my Northern Sun. Um, and so, yeah, it debuted today. And, and I, I had heard about this uh, uh, kid from Grand Rapids, uh, the quarterback up there who had suffered a serious neck injury, a spinal cord injury um, in a preseason scrimmage, August 28th. And so I was able to, Talk to him and his family and high school coach, and uh, thank goodness he's doing well. He had surgery. Um, we could talk about it more, but he he thought he is a normal hit. They thought hard, but a typical football play. And uh, five hours later, he's being told he needed to be put on a medical jet from Grand Rapids and flown immediately to the Twin Cities for surgery because he had a crushed C6 disc in his neck, uh, which is I can't even imagine. As I told his dad, as a parent. I can't even imagine what that sounds like, you know, to hear. Um, so, and then, and then, you know, get into the Vikings and, and go over his game on the weekend. So it's something different. And I hope people um, enjoy it and kind of get a sense of it's not just Vikings, not just Gophers. It's not just whatever it's Minnesota football. And here's kind of what's going on. Yeah. I really like the the format. It reminds me of some things that are done nationally, but on a local level, you know, everything is Minnesota football to it. I love the, the lead story, the, you know, the lead to it today, like you said, the, you know, the, the human element with the high school player, he's a pretty good player, right? Was he, he had a college career, yeah. did he not? Yeah. It's funny. He's a, he's, he's six, three, 230 pound quarterback. Now he's played linebacker his whole career. Um, but their, their coach, Greg Spahn told me he's the best uh, football player they've had up there in generations athletes. I mean, Grand Rapids is a hockey town and right. this is a kid who, who excels at football and, and yeah, he, uh, so he said, I'd be dumb not to put my best athlete to quarterback. So he was playing quarterback and that's how he got hurt and carried it. But yeah, he, this summer, he went to the, the summer camp team camp for North Dakota state, impressed the coaches and they gave him a scholarship. They were bringing him in to play a defensive end. Um, so he's playing high school quarterback, but he's going to play defense in there. Um, but obviously no one has told him this, but talking to parents, they realize his, his football career is over. I mean, it's just too, serious of it they had to fuse his uh c5 to c7 and so the risk is just not worth it and and it's a tough it's a tough thing for him to swallow because he's a kid that loves football his whole life's dedicated to it he's kind of self-made you know he went up there and got a scholarship by impressing coaches because i don't know how many people are going to grand rapids to find talent um and so i asked him sounds like ndsu would probably still honor the scholarship and they've been very supportive they've um, the coaches have been great to the family and, um, but he's not sure that he's what his future is. He say he hasn't thought that far. If he's still going to go to school there, he's just trying to get through day to day. Now he has to wear that halo for, for three months and he's just trying to recover first and then he'll figure out his future. But yeah, a really, really good. His high school said coach said he would probably would have been in that, that all-star game that they play Yeah, uh, after a season. He felt he had been a kid that's good enough to play in that. So um, obviously it's a difficult thing for him and his family but 
they also were very grateful that, I mean, this could have been a lot worse. I mean, doctors were worried about paralysis at one point. Right. So. And so it sounds like he will, he's going to, he's going to make a, as far as not football, but he'll make a, like a life recovery yeah. more or less. Right. Yeah. The doctors have told the, uh, the family that when he's healthy and, and moved that he probably won't even know the difference. He said, there might be a little bit of, you can't turn your head as far as, you know, otherwise you normally would, but, but in terms of just living a productive, healthy life, it, it won't knock on wood. They don't think it'll have any impact that he'll be able to do all the normal stuff. Well, just a, an example of what is in the football across Minnesota column. You also touched on Gophers, Vikings, a bunch of other stuff. Obviously St. Thomas got its first win recently. Um, you, you, you're very knowledgeable across the board, but I want to pick your brain on the Gophers. Defensive line has been a disappointment to me so far. They don't have any sacks. They got a little bit of pressure in the second half the other day against Miami of Ohio, but I thought that if they're going to have a chance this year, it's going to be both sides of the ball on the line. I feel like the offensive line is held up, but the defensive line not there yet. Yeah, and that's what we talked about. They were probably the biggest story of fall camp because there were days where they really took it to the offensive line and it kind of went back and forth. And you're thinking, okay, this, this unit's going to be better because they brought in two grad transfers, a guy from Clemson, a guy from NC State. Uh, Micah Dutreadway returned for his seventh year. Boy, Amafi, you know, they feel like he has a chance to be an NFL player. And so you felt like they had a lot more talent and depth um, than we've, we've seen in recent years. And it just hasn't – I think they've just been okay at best. I mean, I don't think they've dominated in a way that we thought – not they're not going to dominate Ohio State, but you felt like they should be able to win the line of scrimmage against Miami of Ohio. And it's just – yeah, no sacks through, uh, through two games. And PJ said yesterday at his press conference, his weekly press conference – that he's seeing signs of things that um, they're able to do that previous lines haven't, but they just need to be better and more consistent and kind of finish the deal. I think they're in position a lot. They just, the quarterback escaped a sack or whatever. They, you know, so they just have to be, they have to bring it up, a, you know, a notch higher and they have to, um, they just have to be able to finish the deal on some of these things. You got to get to the quarterback. And I think that'll help out their back. And I still have some, questions about their secondary and those things work hand in hand, rush and cover, yeah. right? You got to be. And so, um, so that, that obviously help out their secondary and, and their secondary got beat on three deep balls. I guess you'd say some, you know, passes over 25 yards. PJ said there were three for 11 in that, in that regard on uh, Saturday. And so, I mean, the three, two of them were touchdowns and one, I think set up a touchdown, but, um, they were in position. Their corners were in position. They just didn't make a play. They had actually good coverage. The guy just was better than him. He made a catch. And so, um, but I, I think to me, the defensive line is is a spot that has to be a lot better here going forward. Yeah, and they got Colorado this weekend. And it's a team that what was it ten seven they played this this weekend against the yeah. Texas A and M. And both of them were down quarterbacks. Right. Colorado's down to their third quarterback and. Mike, they only average, they average less than 100 yards passing a game. I mean, they're, you're down to your third guy. Um, I think they've only attempted, I looked at 40 passes in two games. So they're not going to throw the ball a lot. They have a good running back. I think they're going to try to win a certain way, play good defense, run the ball. And, and, you know, it'll have to be, they'll try to win a close game. But this is a game 
It, it, this is the thing that kind of frustrated me about Saturday game, just the, the way that second half went and Gophers not really just – when you have that kind of control of it, you're up 21-3 and you're playing really well. To just sort of lay an egg in the third quarter and part of the fourth, it, it just – if you're a veteran team, go win this game Saturday, you know, and and, and show that you hit this experience you have, offensive, defensive line, quarterback. Yes, you don't have your best player, your running back, but um, – this still should be a game. If you're going to be a serious contender in the Big Ten West, this is a game you go down there and win. Yeah, absolutely. And in the time you spent just now giving that good answer, uh, I'm being told the Vikings were called for three more penalties. <laughs> um, I, I'm sorry to break that news to you. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like that? No. I mean, no. No. All, I mean, the, all the pre snap penalties early and then the, you know, the holding, the offensive line just, it's, it's, still, it's still not there, is it? It's worse. Yeah, right. right? It's worse. That first half, or the first uh, possession, it almost felt like you're being punked. It's like, is this legit? Like, what is going on here? I mean, the fall, fall starts and holdings, and it was – that's as bad as I've ever seen an offensive line play when you combine the, the penalties, the holdings, fall starts, and then just the way they caved under the – it just felt like every time Cousins dropped back – the interior of that line was getting shoved right back into his face. Um, Got to be a lot better. I mean, I don't know how quickly they can get Christian Darius already. I mean, it seems like he's a ways away um, conditioning-wise. Just He's missed so much practice time. I don't know what's realistic for even a time frame for bringing him back. But uh, Rashad Hill cannot be your starting left tackle for 17 games. I'm sorry. I mean, he's a, he's a – Probably a trusted guy to fill in when you have an injury and, you, you know, you need a couple of starts, but he's not your starting left tackle for 17 games. He's just not. And I, I don't know where Wyatt Davis is, but um, I just thought Ezra Cleveland and Bradbury were just not good at all and, and Rashad Hill along with him. So it's – I don't know how you fix it, Mike. No, <laughs> I don't, that's it. I mean, it, I'm seeing what I saw on Sunday. I'm even more surprised now that they didn't – kind of do what they did with the secondary this year, which was, you know, bring in a couple of veterans, at least they don't have to be the greatest players in the world, but just a couple of guys that, you know, can kind of plug and play until you're ready to go. And they just, they're, they're trying to get by and it's, it's not happening right now. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, the cost on those, I don't know who was available. I, I agree the same way as I, I would not have trusted these guards. Um, and same thing with Bradbury. I mean, this is a make or break year on him and he, not exactly off to a roaring start in, in solidifying that position. And, and so, um, yeah, I mean, we thought last year, it's funny how you think after the draft, well, they, I don't know if we said fixed, but that line's going to be a lot better. And then you see everything that happens with injuries and guys being back and, and, and then you have to start with this group and they play like that. Um, it's, it's worse last year and than last year and, I don't know how you fix the center not being able to hold up against powerful nose tackles because guess what? That Bengals defense is probably better. Yeah. But it's not the best defense they're going to face. No. no, and that's the concerning part. Like you played a team that's not great. And Cousins ended up with a lot of yards passing, but that was kind of out of necessity. Because he threw 49 passes. Exactly. Yeah. And they had to and throw because they were behind. And they and through all that, they could have won that game. Two two more things quick. I know you got to run. Do, does your outlook from the start of the year change based on what you saw Sunday, or is that kind of yes. what you expected in some regards? No, I thought they'd win. And I, 
Yes, my outlook changes because the offensive line, that was not a good team that they lost to, or a great. And so I have made a lot more major concerns about the offensive line. Um, I didn't think Breland was that great either on defense. No, no, he wasn't. And so that that's a concern there. I liked some things you saw on the defensive line, but yeah, I now you start, you know, just when everything you think everything's going this way in the NFL, it swings back the other. But Mike, I look at that schedule and I don't think it's inconceivable that they could be looking at a 0-4 start. Yeah, I mean Arizona looked pretty good, and then you got to then you come home, but it's what Seattle and Russell Wilson, and then Cleveland. Cleveland, two you know two teams that are going to test them. Playoff teams, yeah, yeah playoff teams. two te- two playoff teams last year. So, Chip, I know you're a plan ahead guy. Anything on tap that you know of yet for the next installment of football across Minnesota? I am working on a couple things. Um, I'm hoping they come through. Uh, I have actually a couple phone calls out, but no. Um, hopefully, we keep the 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 goal is to unearth stories that have not been out there or have kind of been under the radar. Um, obviously some weekends we're going to write about the Vikings or go for his big game, that type thing. That's, but I, I also, if they, you know, people are listening to this, send me tips. Cause I want to hear, you know, um, that's what happened with uh, the kid today. And, and I, you know, I want to unearth stories, um, really compelling stories of, of, in the football world in Minnesota and it doesn't always have to be the Gophers and Vikings. So I have a couple of things I'm working on to hopefully come through and, um, and, and hopefully we have another good, uh, uh, the second episode, uh, yes. next Monday night. So, well, good stuff, Chip, go read football across Minnesota. I'm looking forward to the second installment and you should be too. Chip, we'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, brother. Thank you, man. Good conversation with Chip Scoggins. One uh, postscript to that after we talked about the Vikings offensive line, went up and looked up the pro football focus grades for the week. Vikings 18th in pass blocking, which I guess is kind of middle of the pack, could have been worse. Number 30 in run blocking out of 32 teams. Um, So that speaks to the offensive line, what they were able to get done, what they weren't able to get done. Dalvin Cook got stopped a lot for no gains, short gains, things like that. Constantly put them behind the chains on Sunday. They're just going to need to be better. And, you know, again, the the personnel, you don't know how much better it's going to get. They're just going to need to get better as a unit as the year goes on. Um, I think we say that every year, though, so I'll, uh, I'll wait for it patiently without expecting it. Let's move on now to a tweet from Carl Anthony Towns that I saw on uh, on Tuesday. Now, Towns has you know, kind of been had a quiet off season, which is probably good for him. He probably could use that. Uh, but the the last night, 7:49 p.m. tweets every day. I see a new excuse why people ain't getting the vaccine. You're starting to get creative with these reasons, quote unquote, though, and it's actually really funny. Now we've talked a lot about vaccine hesitancy. I guess that's a polite term for it in the. Uh, in this market uh, because of the Viking status, especially some of their most high-profile players, especially their most high-profile quarterback, Kirk Cousins, not getting the vaccine. Um, this is a step in the complete different direction, obviously, right? This is a, a prominent player for the Timberwolves uh, saying, you know, basically, get the vaccine, you idiots. And, you know, obviously he has not just a, a scientific interest in this uh, he has a personal vested interest in this Carlton Towns lost his mom lost other relatives to COVID 
uh, early on in 2020 when this was, you know, really raging and the vaccine wasn't available. And it's got to be frustrating for him to, you know, to see that, you know, we're having this third wave now in the United States that is exactly preventable. So, you know, just interesting that he would go on Twitter to say that. Not really controversial to even say that, but it does stand in contrast to a lot of the rhetoric we've seen from from other athletes. And basically, it seems like <clears throat> a lot of times when we're seeing athletes, you know, talk or tweet about COVID or getting the vaccine, it's it's the other extreme, right? We're, we're highlighting the, 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 the deniers or the people who don't want to get the vaccine. So I thought it was good to illuminate someone like Kat who is saying, yeah, you guys are making excuses. Go get the vaccine. It's going to help. Um, do your, you know, yeah, certainly, you know, make sure you're comfortable with it. But uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's safe. Go get your vaccine. And uh, so good messaging from Carl Anthony Towns. Interesting contrast to other teams in this market. Let's finish with the cooler. A couple interesting uh, bits in the standings for Major League Soccer and the Lynx that I wanted to get to. I spent a little time on the Lynx the other day. So let's start with Major League Soccer and Minnesota United kind of just kind of stuck in this Western Conference middle. Um, you know, they've been kind of right right in the hunt. They're, if the playoffs started today, they would be in top seven in each conference, make it their sixth right now, but they are really bunched up. The numbers five through 11 teams all have between 27 and 33 points. They have 31 right now. Kind of the, the very definition of mediocrity at this point for the Loons. Unfortunately, eight wins, seven losses, seven draws, goal differential of minus one. Having a hard time scoring, only 24 goals all season long. Now, that's its second second fewest in the Western Conference. You know, they're keeping the ball out of the net, which is good. You know, only 25 goals allowed. I believe that's third fewest, but, you know, they're having some struggles. But the opportunity tonight against Sporting KC that's in Kansas City Sporting KC the second place team in the conference looking to leapfrog into first place over Seattle now if the Loons can get a win here or at least a result here that'll make them feel a lot better than you know what they are right now you know keep them uh, keep them above the 500 mark keep them you know in in this playoff mix they do have a game in hand against almost every team in the conference they've only played 22 most of those other teams that are battling have played 23. So an important one for them, both in terms of trying to establish themselves as a contender, like a legitimate contender, which they thought they were at the start of the year, and for playoff seeding. So I'll be watching that one to see how it goes. I believe that is a 7.30 p.m. start. Links don't play till Friday. Got some good news, though. Sounds like Leisha Clarendon will be back for that game, has been battling an injury. Um, the, the Lynx kind of in the same boat as United, but in better position. They are third right now in the Western Conference standings. Um, uh, sorry, in the, in the WNBA standings, and that's all that really matters right now in the league um, is that uh, is that you uh, you know you stay stay good in those standings because they don't do conference standings anymore. Still a chance uh, to to kind of slip or move, but. You know, trying to trying to solidify their spot at number three at the very least, which would get them that first round bye and get them a more favorable matchup. So that season ends Sunday, by the way. Two more games against Indiana and Washington, not two of the better teams in the league. So a chance for them to take care of business, lock up, um, lock up what they've got at the end of the year, and then hope for the best once the playoffs roll around.
That will do it for today. Good stuff coming up later this week. Lavelle E. Neal III is going to join me on Thursday. I'm sure we'll hit a whole bunch of topics, including his upcoming road trip to see the Gophers and the Vikings. Mark Craig will be on Friday's show for some picks, NFL picks, and uh, probably some other bonus surprises as well along the way. So thanks for listening today to Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. We'll catch you again on Thursday.